Hi, and welcome to an episode of DS Walk Show. I'm your host, DS Walk. It feels so good to be back in the studio. Sorry I was gone for so long. I went to go see my in-law down in the great state of Alabama. More importantly, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Me and the family went to go down there about three days to get away, get some rest, take our masks off of things. And I got to say, it was well worth it because... I enjoy seeing my father-in-law. I enjoy uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I enjoy seeing my extended family. Uh, we had a great visit. I'm truly looking forward to going back when this coronavirus gets situated. And, um, you know, everybody needs a break once in a while. Let you guys know we are doing um, we uh sitting at home being being uh man our business. So while I was gone, I did keep up what was going on in the world. Um my prayers and thoughts go out to anyone who lost family members, friends, neighbors, relatives, whoever that you know, my prayers go out to you lost anyone due to this coronavirus. Uh my prayers go out to the four the net players, the two Laker players. Um, the staff, a staff member in Denver, um, one Detroit Pistons player. I'm not going to give out names because that's not how I don't operate sometimes. But um, you know, you know who they are. Uh, Kevin Durant from Brooklyn Nets tested positive. Christian uh, Woods from Detroit Pistons was tested positive um, today. Uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints who tested positive for coronavirus. Um, I know there was uh, another player, uh, basketball player. So, uh, Mars and prayers go out to them. Um, I hope they're somewhere at home quarantined. So far, Sean Payton, word is he's feeling good. I pray for recovery. A lot of people say they they pray for a speed recovery, not a speed recovery. It's, it's been rough, not for a week now, not watching our sports, not uh, watching March Madness, NBA, NHL, spring training, baseball. With all these leagues shutting down, they did was right. The NFL for shutting down everything they're doing was right. So, Along those lines, we still a lot of things happen in football. Uh, and before I, I get back to the free agency in football, also um, there's a kid here in the DFW area who has the coronavirus as well. Uh, this is serious. I hope we all take it serious. We all don't got to be in straight panic mode, and that's easy for me to say. Be honest with you, it's not. Cause I worry that me and my wife, myself, so I hope we don't get it. You know, we're gonna stay in the house as long as we can. But in the, the day, we do have to go to work. Do we gotta get these bills paid. So along those lines, I hope everybody is washing their hands, make minimal contact or none. Don't be flamboyant. Don't be out here not taking it serious. 
You can die from this stuff. You can die from this virus. And whoever keeps telling you it's like the flu, stop listening to that stuff. Do what's right. Keep yourself protected. Keep your family protected. Hopefully this all go away. Hopefully all this, I don't know, whatever our government, our doctors, our scientists, whatever they got to do to contain this coronavirus. And I just pray that they do. And hopefully we get back to our scheduling program, get back to being normal. I hope this don't take a whole year. You know, some of us, you know, don't like being in the house all the time, even with our spouse and our kids, because we know they'll drive us crazy up the wall. And we got to do our part. So let's stay safe. Let's stay calm. And let us hope a good resolution come our way. Just like all the NFL movement by these free agents. A lot of players got tagged. Well, some players got tagged. Some players who got tagged shouldn't have been tagged. Like Matt Prescott got the exclusive franchise tag placed on him by the Dallas Cowboys for $31.5 million. And the people I talk to think that, hey, that's a good deal. He's getting $31.5 million. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the Cowboys about $8.5 million short where they should be at. Then you got A.J. Green got a franchise tag by Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, if you're a receiver and get the money, but for me personally, I'm not A.J. Green, man, I feel for you, bro. This could have been your one shot of freedom to get out of Cincinnati. Now, I don't know if wanted to be there or not, but the track record speak for itself about that franchise. You're just stuck there, man. I mean, I, I feel bad because you can't ask for a trade. It's that point where if you're AJ Green, if I'm AJ Green, I'll be looking at Andy Dalton. Like, man, he's lucky. Because he get to go to another franchise and maybe be a starting quarterback and he might win. Whereas you, A.J. Green, you just stuck in Cincinnati. And you're going to have to say the same online, being professional. But you know that's not going to work. You know you're not going to win in Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Then you got the GOAT, the man himself, Tom Brady, leaving New England, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, he's going to Tampa Bay. The contract's not been signed. They got to go do some physical. They have to find the right doctor. You know, these are the things you deal with. We deal with the, probably the best quarterback of all time, but he will be signing with Tampa Bay. And then once that word got out, everybody wants to go to Tampa Bay now. Because they want to play with Tom Brady. That's love. And that's when players see and respect a guy who has won it all six times. 
And then you look at New England, and you look like, whoa, what's going to happen over there? Who's going to be their quarterback? Are they even going to make the playoffs this coming season? And look, we all can sit here and say, hey, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. He took crap and made it work. But let me tell you guys something. Can't do that all the time. Can't. I'll get back to that later, but it's going to be an interesting season. Well, actually, it's going to be an interesting offseason in New England, as it is already is. It's going to be interesting to see who they sign, who they draft, who's going to be there, who's not. I know it's the Patriot way in New England, but let's see if the Patriot way will come out on top this coming season. Then you got the surprise release. You got the highest paid running back at that time who helped and lead the Rams to the Super Bowl, which they lost 13 3 to the New England Patriots. You had, I'm just shocked in a way, because for one, they invest a lot of money into this player, but two, and then now instead of waiting another year or two. When you hear about Tom Gurley getting released by the LA Rams, it's it's like, what? Even though you kind of see the start because he had a down season last year, he had a knee problem, and he didn't carry the load like he did years prior. Hey, now you can report that the Rams want to build this team around Jared Goff. They're going to put the right players around him so that he can succeed. With all that might be true. Let me tell you something. Jared Goff had a bad season last year because the offensive line was terrible. And number two, because Todd Gurley did have a Todd Gurley type season. Maybe covers his knee. That was part of it. two, that offensive line was bad. That defense wasn't good. So, if you're going to rebuild this team around Jared Goff on offense, and I should say, they also said that they're going to, they're going to build this defense around Aaron, Aaron Donald. I understand that. I truly do. But let me tell you what's going to help Jared Goff. What's going to help Aaron Donald? Get a good offensive line. And get a running back that can run the ball. And I'm not gonna sit here and say Todd Gurley should go without Blaine, because he should. Like I said, he had a down season. He didn't have the Todd Gurley type numbers. But damn, that offensive line was terrible. It couldn't open a hole for me. That offensive line was bad. So if you want to help out your quarterback, your top defensive player rebuilt that offensive line. You don't need to go out and spend draft picks or more weapons. Well, except for one, because you're going to need a running back. You make sure most of your draft picks is dedicated to offensive line. In fact, your free agency should have been dedicated to fixing your offensive line. So not only you release Todd Gurley, you release Clay Matthews, you're, you put Brandon Cooks on a trading block. 
because you're trying to dump his deal. I mean, the Rams got problems. And I don't care how much you pay Jericho. I don't care how bad he looked last year. You rebuilt the offensive line. And maybe you get some defensive players that can play some ball other than Aaron Donald. And Jalen Ramsey. They're going to need some help. But having a dominant running game to go offensive line will help them a lot as well. The Rams got a lot of work to do. Especially when you built that humongous $2 billion stadium down in Inglewood. And you already know, if you're in L.A., if you're not winning, the fans are not coming. Because we already know, in L.A., Hollywood, Southern Cal, there's a lot to do other than watching football. Don't believe me. Just look at the Chargers and look at the team's pass. Raiders and the Raiders round. You don't win, they won't come. If we're not entertaining, they won't come. So the rounds better get, need to get to work. Be fast. And then you would think that'd be the big news. But then you hear Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for a bag of peanuts, David Johnson, pack of Skittles, and MMs. And he still couldn't get a first-round pick. He got a two. I think he got a two and four. And you were one of the best receivers in football. And you couldn't get a first-round pick from the Arizona Cardinals. You just took what you can take. You just took the first deal that you think was good. Whereas, I'm quite sure the Eagles offered you a first-round pick. They wanted DeAndre Hopkins really bad. Need to say the Houston Texans are doing right. Because you just created your quarterback best weapon. So now who's he gonna throw to? Kenny Stills? Come on, man. I don't even know the other receiver name. That's how bad it is. I don't know who the tight end is. That's bad. Someone needs to say to Texas and get a real junior manager for Bill O'Brien start training his best players away for scraps, candy bars, popsicles, fruit roll-ups, two-liter Sprite. I'm about to say, hey, this is a franchise. Because Deshaun Watson going to be uh, a sitting duck. He, he ain't going to have no receivers to throw to. And look, David Johnson, because at once upon a time he wasn't going to win that. He got hurt. He got hurt. Falling out. When he got hurt, you know, he wasn't the same. Maybe last year, you know, that was that year where you know what, it's going to be a down year. The following year, I'll be back to who I am. I'll be back to normal. And I pray to God that he is, because Sean Watson needs the help. 
But let me tell you something. If David Johnson comes this through the season, if there's a season, and sticks up the point, Texas fans, they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be pissed off at David Johnson, and they're going to come at the Bill O'Brien, and they're going to come at the ownership of that team. There was no reason to trade DeAndre Hopkins other than because he's going to want a new contract. You know what? Yeah. He's one of the top two receivers in football. Of course he's going to want a new contract. When you see all these other receivers, Julio Jones, make more than him. And he look, look at uh, Odell Beckham Jr., making more than him. And when he see Thomas down in New Orleans, making more than him. Of course he want to get paid. Of course he's going to want his money. What do you think he is? Some type of scrub? I don't get about these NFL GMs and coaches where if a player wants more money, being disrespectful, therefore that's trade Or the fact that you don't like when he speaks out. Speak out about his displeasure. Or speaks out about how his relationship with his head coach or former head coach is not good. They're the bad guy. That's retarded. For example, today, I'm a Lions fan. I'm a not hard Lions fan. And I know I need to get checked out. I don't need, I need to go see a psychiatrist. Because I actually just admitted that on my show. But yeah, I'm a Lions fan. That's, that's my whole team. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I grew up a Lions fan. I grew up a fan of all my Detroit sports. And by the end of this show, I will be laying on the couch. And I will be talking to my therapist. But listen to Lions fans. Some of them. Glad to see Darius Slay leave because he's a big what is more though. He has a big mouth. He's not worth the headache. He's not worth the money. He's not a top three, top five, top ten cornerback in the NFL. They glad he's gone. He's not worth the headache, not worth the problem. Um is there any Lions fan who somehow pick up and listen to my show? I don't really know this. It takes two to tank. Okay? Your head coach is one of the main reasons why he is weak. Right? He didn't make a good impression on his top defensive player. Yes. Top defensive player. But is and was the Lions' top defensive player. The numbers prove it. His play proved. Watch the tape. He's a top five, top ten cornerback in the NFL. And like most athletes who play in Detroit for the Lions, they love the fans. They love it in Detroit. In some instance, most of them stay and make their homes in the Detroit area. But they have a problem with the head coach who Lions fans feel that he can't do no wrong. That he's the best thing that ever happened. 
Forget the fact that he's down to 22. If you disrespect your head coach, then you need to be gone. If you disrespect your boss, you need to get shipped out. Or my favorite, he didn't want to be here anyway. Newsflash, he wanted to be here. Newsflash, your head coach disrespected him because he was working out with other top corners in football. And his response was, you need to stop because you're not elite, you're good. Wow. So if he's not elite, he's good, then I will want my good corner learning and working with some of the best in football. It makes sense to me, to him, but not to the guy who just became a first-year head coach. And some of the arguments I hear with that, a lot of the, a lot of his former players speaks highly of him. Tell me how good of a person he is. How good of a coach he is. Yeah, you know what? He was a great coordinator. A very good coordinator. But when you branch off to running your own team, running up your own show, you got to do a hell of a lot better than that. And even, even when Darius Slade answered the call and challenge, she became back-to-back Pro Bowl. He made the Pro Bowl back-to-back years. And then I hear one fan say, oh, Elijah, he didn't deserve it. Then who deserved it then? He didn't deserve it because he wasn't good. Then who deserved it? Nobody can't give me an answer. The hate that I hear from Lions fans, it's just so unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, it's like, it's like Darius Slay is wrong with speaking his mind, but telling the truth about his relationship with Matt Patricia. And he's wrong. But yet, your head coach is down to 22. What the hell has he done? And I don't want to hear that he won a Super Bowl. He won that with Bill Belichick. What has he done since he became a head coach? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. The only thing he did was pissed off the players that own that team and made a very, very powerful old lady mad. To the point where he put, she put his job on the line and a gym job on the line because if they don't win they're out they know who's responsible for that Matt Patricia let me tell you guys something it's one thing to be the guy who works under the guy who runs runs the show Bill Belichick Ran that show in New England. Matt Patricia was his defensive coordinator. They collaborated on game plans, on Belichick game plans. His team that he put together, players that he wanted. Matt Patricia got a job because Matt Quinn, excuse me, Bob Quinn felt that. He was ready, and he's one of the up-and-coming coordinators 
that was great for head coaching job. God could he been more wrong? What has he demonstrated in two years as head coach of Trent Lions will tell you that he was ready to be head coach in, in NFL? Now, we can sit here and say last year he got dealt back in because Matthew Stafford out with an injury and he was gone for the season. In fact, you can say that year prior to that. Last year, more importantly, because one of his best career, one of his best years in football. Last year, he went out with an injury. So when you lose your best player overall on the team, that's when you take the time rallying the troops. Get them feeling good about the centers. Get them believing that they'll win. Get them believing that the season's not over with. You can believe that can still make the playoffs. He didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. Yet though, let a player on the team speak the truth. He gonna get butt hurt, and he gonna go to Bob Quinn, and he gonna want them gone. That's what happened to Darius Slay, in my opinion. Even though Slay said their relationship got better. In year two, that first impression always sticks. And regardless of that relationship was good the second year, it was done and over. The slave knew. He knew he was going to lose that battle. You have to think Bob Quinn is going to choose anybody, any player on that team over his boy? Hell no. Hell no. And that's why both of their jobs are it just proves to me that Matt Patricia is good at coaching guys that he coached in the past. Guys who know his system. But yet he is not good for integrating his system to other players other than former Patriot players. And that's sad. Could a sign of good coach is a coach that not builds a defense or a team. Not on his image. But he can get players. That he can coach any player. And he can't do that. He can't make players on the current team or free agents that play for other teams or pro bowlers. He's only good at coaching former Patriot players. And that's why when you see Detroit Lions signing former Patriot players, you know why. And it's really sad. I want the Lions to win. I want them to be a good team. I would love to see my team playing for the Super Bowl, winning a damn Super Bowl before I pass away. I'm 41 years old. I tell the Lions win when I be good as old, probably halfway in my damn death. Halfway in the casket. I hope not. I hope not. But that's what it's looking like. And it's really, really sad that Lions fans, some of them, thinks that way. 
And Darius Slay is going to ball out in Philly. I guarantee you that. And he got a big raise. Now he is the highest paid corner in football. Well deserved. Both Tyron Matthew, Richard Sherman, Jalen Ramsey. This boy's a dog. He's a beast. He is one of the top corners in football. And we have him on our team. And because I had coach mistreating him, he wanted out. Lions fans go, those Lions fans who dissed Darius Slay, who mopped him out the door, they're going to feel really bad when we don't have that lockdown corner. I'm telling you. You can say all you want. We don't have no pass rush because he got criticized or giving up a lot of yards this past season. You don't have no pass rush. When you got no defensive line, don't know how to get to a quarterback. And he got to cover an extra 10, 15 seconds. That matters. Because you can't cover a receiver that long enough. They will get open. Break here. Drink some water. Get my mind right. Take myself out of this Lions group. And I'll be right back. And hi, welcome back to the DS Walk Show. I'm yours, DS Walk. I have calmed down, drunk some water. I feel a lot better than I got that off my chest. I'm still mad, but I'm not as angry. Not as angry. Not as angry as Ram fans are. Now, I have said earlier in the show that Todd Gurley was released by Los Angeles Rams. And as he put it on Instagram, he got fired on this day off. Now, I already said, you know, the offense line was bad. Jerry you know, he didn't have a Jerry Cole season because Gurley couldn't run the ball. And more importantly, the offensive line was terrible. But to understand why the Rams did what they did, why they cut Gurley, I read this, I read this article by Bill Barnwell from ESPN, and I'm not going to read it. I don't want that. I got other things happening. I want to talk about NFL. But basically, it all started when they gave Gurley that $57.5 million extension he signed in July of 2018, in which he did have one year left on his contract. And he goes on to just pay him a $21 million standard bonus. But to keep his 2018-19 cap numbers low, the team inserted a series of player-friendly guarantee for both base salary and roster bonus in year three of the contract. Now, his cap hit would have been $7.2 million in 2018 and $9.2 million in 2019. It was set to a double spike to $7.3 million this offseason. So, by keeping on the roster in 2019, the Rams triggered his $7.55 million roster bonus in 2020. They already paid that bonus. This sort of bonus structure makes it more likely that a team will keep a player around. 
if you're guaranteeing next year's money a year in advance, chances are that a team is going to keep that player around to actually play out that year. So they triggered, so the Rams triggered that by keeping on the roster last year and they played him. And by doing so, most teams will keep that player for this year. I mean, $7.5 million is not, you know, it's not cheap money. You just don't, you don't let anybody, you don't let a player get to that point. And they trigger that. So what happened today, they had no choice. If they didn't cut or trade Gurley about 4 p.m., his $5.5 million base salary for 2020 and 2021 will be fully guaranteed. So that means they would have had a cap hit of $17.2 million for 2020, and they would have owed him at least $5 million for 2021. Instead, the Rams owe $22 million dead money on their cap for but this year. But that is going to spread over two years. So being round point eight and this year and 8.4 million next year. But the Rams did this to themselves. And they go on to say that Todd Gurley, Robert Quinn, Tavon Austin, Alec Ogletree, Derek Gaughan, Todd Gurley. The Rams are good for giving out the stitches in year three instead of waiting to year four or being on the fifth year option on these players. So they were, they paid these guys early than they should have. In Todd Gurley's case, he outperformed his contract. He deserved that extension. Jared Goff, in some ways or form, outplayed his contract. So that extension was going to come regardless. Because when you see Carson Wentz get paid, and when you see Jimmy Garoppolo got paid, and then you see Russell Wilson recently got paid, Jared Goff's going to get his money. It just came early. So even though the Rams didn't have to pay him, they did. So really, if you read that, by the way, it was a good read and a good article about Bill Barnwell. He's basically saying this, that the Rams did this to themselves. They put themselves in this hole because you paid a player early and you didn't really have to. Sometimes I kind of think that a lot of us forget that when a player outperforms their contract, you got to pay them. Because if you don't pay them, somebody else will. And if you're trying to franchise tag a guy like like um, Todd Gurley, he would probably have held out just like Le'Veon Bell did. Everyone get so caught up in this, well, you don't got to pay a guy now. Wait a year or two. In 2020 vision, yes, that's right. However, this is this is the NFL. This is running backs. Or quarterback, whoever it is, guys gonna want their money now. When guys see other players at their position that they know they're better of, they get a new deal and they're getting paid, they're gonna want their money. And let's say that you that target does play out this contract. Do you still give him the 
$57.5 million? Do you still give him that money? Do you still release him, with, release him today? I mean, these are the questions that I'm quite sure that the Rams ask themselves. I'm quite sure that junior manager Steve went through this whole process. I don't fault him for giving girl his money. Now, overtreating Robert Quinn, that's different. You could have held off and paid them maybe another year or so. I don't know. Because, again, like, both of those guys, they were playing good football. I don't think that you, I don't think they were actually going for, hey, um, pay me $20 million. I don't think they were asking for that, but they got a nice deal. But I do disagree that, you know, hey, uh, they could have waited off a year and these guys. Well, not necessarily because a guy like Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, some said they outplayed their rookie contract. And then if you go to, if you, they have to wait another year or two to get paid, that money goes up. If they put through another year or two, that's pretty darn good. If they put, an, if they put another good year up on their resume, that money goes up. That $57.5 million is easy to go up to $60 million. Easily. So on that front, I disagree with him more. However, the, the question goes to, since we know about Todd Gurley's knee, he has arthritis in his knee, allegedly said by his trainer. And that's something the Rams know and now every NFL team knows. Who's he play for? I mean, he threw it out there he would love to play for the Atlanta Falcons. He loved to play for the Miami Dolphins. Two teams that can use a running back. Two teams that can probably use his service. But the question is, is he the same bell cop? Can you get him 20, 30 carries? Between 20 and 30 carries. Is he the same impact player that he was a year ago, two years ago? That's questions that, that have to be answered by Tom Gurley and by that team who signs him. In my humble opinion, I really don't know because I have to see Tom Gurley behind a good offensive line. Again, I've seen what he did before with the offensive line. And I also see him, how he played behind a terrible offensive line. If you got an offensive line, that can run block, that can open holes up for him. Then that same top girl who's right now 25 years old, yeah, you'll be getting that top girl back from 2015 through 2018. Yes, you will get that top girl. But if you don't have an offensive line, you're going to get this top girl we've seen this past year. And I'm a firm believer that it won't be just top girls. I think any running back that you put behind the Rams offensive line would have not been successful. So I think these are the questions that teams gonna have to answer, and these are the questions that top girls gonna have to answer.
Because I understand he wants to go to Atlanta. I understand he would like to go to Miami. But if I'm Todd Gurley, I'm going to go to a team that has a good offensive line. And I truly believe that we're signing. It's going to be a one-year deal. And to me, a one-year deal with one of the top running backs, one of the top players in the NFL, that's a proven deal. And he's going to have to prove that he is still Todd Gurley, that he's still one of the best running backs in football. So if I'm Todd Gurley, I might have to rethink if I won't play for the Atlanta Falcons or the Miami Dolphins unless they get a good offensive line. You might want to rethink that. Because I tell you, there's rich, unless you're going to the Buffalo Bills, unless you're going to the San Francisco 49ers, unless you're going to the Kansas City Chiefs, teams that have good, above average, good offensive line, those are the teams that I'll be looking at. And knowing that, I'm, I want to win as well. I really, really do. Like I said, Tom Gurley, he's 25 years old. He's still young. He's nowhere close to his prime. He's nowhere close to the end. He just needs the right destination to prove himself that he hasn't lost a step, that he's still one of the best running backs in football. Just like Cam Newton needs to pick the right team in the right situation so that he can show that not only he's healthy, that he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. If y'all don't know, if you guys don't know, the Carolina Panthers are looking to trade Cam Newton to the point where they told him, go look for a team that we can work a trade for. And you hear how Carolina came out and said, Cam Newton want to trade. Cam Newton came out and said, that's not true. He doesn't want to be traded. The Panthers don't want him. So they told him to go seek out a trade. Go find a trading partner. And this is the case of Cam Newton's not healthy. The new, the new coach wants his own guy. He has him now in Teddy Bridgewater. He wants to go in a different direction. But there's no guarantee that Cam will be healthy. There's no guarantee that he'll be healthy play this season. And then you hear how everyone talk about, hey, Cam, he's taking a year off the rest of his body to get back right. Hey, man, you say that about every NFL player. Hey, take a season off, get right, get healthy, come back next year, be in good shape. But when you tell a guy like Cam Newton, who's a former league MVP, all-pro quarterback, a guy who took the Panthers to the Super Bowl and they lost, but he carried that team to the Super Bowl, to tell him to take a year off, come back next year, You'll be healthy, you'll be stronger, you'll be a lot better. A guy like Cam Newton, when he hears that, he can't take that chance. Because you don't know what's going to happen next year. 
And Cam Newton's not a guy you can say that to because, number one, he's not a backup quarterback. I can say that to Nick Foles. I can say that to Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. But you can't say that to a, an elite, one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. That's not going to happen. And Cam Newton is a starting quarterback in this league. And the difficult part about him is where where can he go? What team needs a starting quarterback? I mean, we go down on the list easily. I can easily say the Bears, the Broncos, the Jaguars. If I, if I want to, I can go far as the Raiders. If you want me to go deeper than that, you can say to a certain degree, maybe the Cleveland, Cleveland Brown, maybe Cincinnati Bengals. But even though Cincinnati got the first pick and we already know they're taking Joe Burrow. Other than that, who needs a starting quarterback? We can say the Miami Dolphins, but they want to go young. So where can he go? What team wants Cam Newton? And are they willing to give him a multi-year deal? Cam take a one-year deal and prove it. Well, I, I'm I'm sorry. He's already on the contract. So if you trade for him, he's gonna you're gonna take his contract. So is he willing to be a backup quarterback? I don't think so. Because if you trade for Cam Newton, you're trading him knowing that he's gonna be your starting quarterback. And a lot of these teams are going younger at the quarterback position. Cam Newton is not young, but he's no spring chicken. He can play the position. He's a playmaker at the quarterback position. I mean, I just said this man carried the Carolina Panthers on his back, on his shoulder, on his bad foot, and took them to the Super Bowl, in which they almost won. So he's not a scrub. Has he been hurt? Yes. He took a lot of hits. But he can still play the game. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. And right now, you know, a lot of these teams, they're going young at that position. They're drafting young quarterbacks. They're not taking quarterbacks with big contracts. But I should say here, Cam not some type of overhead quarterback. So we're going to see if the Chargers are interested. We're going to see if the Broncos are interested or the Dolphins or the Bears. Even though the Bears just traded with Nick Foles. I made the case that the Bears should have traded for Cam Newton. If I, if I remember correctly, his contract is heck of a lot smaller, not as much as Nick Foles. If Nick Foles, if Nick Foles can't beat Mitchell Trubisky, he's gonna be one of the most expensive backup quarterbacks in football. You trade for Cam Newton on the Chicago Bears team, he's gonna beat Mitchell Trubisky out. And he will make the Chicago Bears an instant, not only a contender for the NFC North, but he also made them a contender for the Super Bowl. When he is healthy, he's that damn good. Man, this this crazy to me. I tell you, all these trades and free agent signing, 
Byron Jones got $82 million from the Miami Dolphins. You got the Bengals, who I criticize because, you know, they're the Bengals and they're terrible. But they spend the money. You got somehow the Cleveland Browns, they're spending money. They signed the top offensive line on the market, Jack Conklin. You got the Minnesota Vikings basically let their whole secondary go. Let go their best pass rusher, Everson Griffin. Traded their best one. Well, I should say not their best receiver, but their 1B receiver, Stephon Diggs, to the Buffalo Bills and got a first-round pick and a third and fifth. Maybe they should have made a deal, that deal for Bill O'Brien when he traded <laughs> – Excuse me, Rick Spielman should have been the general manager of the, of the Texans when he because when he got back with his haul from the Bills, what the Texans should have got with DeAndre Hopkins. So you got like a lot of top players in the league are moving around to different teams. And this is gonna be a trend. Because you might see this again next season. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Odom are all going to be Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson will all be eligible for contract extension this coming season. And they're going to break the bank. And I say this once, I say this again. When you see a quarterback like that Prescott, when he sees that and he knows that, and when he says 35, 30, 40, or between 35, 40 million dollars, he means that. That's to us, to the fan, to cowboy fans, that's too much money. And when you guys don't understand, that's gonna be bargain money. Cause those three guys don't get 40 plus million. And you hear fans, God, yeah, fans, fanatics, I tell you, when you when you trying to talk to them and we tell them, hey, these guys will get paid, and their response is, well, you can't pay a guy a lot of money and expect to win. You gotta spread your money around to put a, to feel a good team. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, football is a team sport. Just like any other sport. Like any professional sport. It's a team sport, but you know what? You got superstar players. You got box office players. They're going to want their money. It's no different in football. When you hear that Tom Brady won $30 plus million, you're going to pay that money. Because Tom Brady is that dude. He's that guy. And when you hear DeAndre Hopkins want his money, you're going to pay him his money. Because he's going to perform. He's going to show up. Is he going to take plays off in between? Yeah, he might. But you're going to pay, that, pay him his money because, you know, nine times out of ten, 99 or 95% of the time, he's going to show up. 
I'm not paying. If I'm a paying customer and I'm a season ticket holder, there's two things I'm not paying that money for. I am not there to see the head coach coach. And I'm not and I'm definitely not there to see average players play. What I mean by that, I'm not paying my money to see my team play 22 backups. You got star players not for the put butts in the seats. Star players helps you win ball games. It don't matter what sport you play. I'm not there to see Sam Martin punt the football. I'm not there to see the backup quarterback perform. I'm there to see the $40 million man. I'm there to see the $35, $36 million man go out there, bust his ass, earn his money, and lead our team to win. Because he's our best player. He's a star player. It don't matter what position he plays. I should say it don't matter what skill position he plays. I'm there to see him play. And I'm seeing him to lead our team to victory. That's why I watch the game. And I'm sorry I got off track. But at the end of the day, Cam Newton's the starting quarterback. And for the first time, it's going to be hard to see him get a job. Because you honestly say every team has a quarterback. So maybe Cam might have to sit out a year and take care of himself, take care of his body. I don't want to see that because I believe he's healthy. And look, no player can't guarantee you they're going to be healthy. No player can't guarantee they're going to be healthy when the season starts. No player can't do that. If they do, they'd be lying. To hear about how coaches are uncertain, the coaching staff is uncertain that cancer will be healthy. Well, yeah. She would like that with every player. But in the day, Cam is box office. Cam can ball. And to me, the best fit for Cam will probably be in Washington. Because your former head coach is there. Ron Rivera. And I know Ron Rivera will take a chance on Cam Newton. But with Daniel Snyder will. That's the question. This offseason of football has given us some of the best storylines that we have seen in a long time. Minus the coronavirus, because the coronavirus have taken away a lot of things that an NFL can do. But overall, this offseason with the players' movement, free agency, trades, release, this has been one of the most exciting offseason football, minus the coronavirus.
It's going to be interesting to see where Ty Gurley is up. It's going to be interesting to see where Deontay Freeman is up. It's going to be interesting to see where, uh, excuse me, Cam Newton is up. Very interesting to see. And I'm excited. There's going to be more storylines going on tomorrow. Somebody going to get traded. Damian Clowney going to sign with somebody because he won $20 plus million. Somebody going to give it to him. So, I'm going to get up out of here. So, I got some exercising to do. Got things, things that I need to take care of. But I'm going to you guys on this note. If you're a fan, or how I say, if you're a fanatic of your favorite team, please do me a favor. Before you criticize the player who was walking out the door of your favorite team, please get the whole story. Two, when he leaves, don't call him a bum. Don't call him a whiner. And three, don't ever say, well, why you say he'll done anything? Especially if he's your best player, your best offensive player or defensive player. Because you know what? When you said those things, you can't back it up. Because the stats will prove you. No, matter of fact, not the stats. The tape will pull you wrong. And when you got other players telling you, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram, yo, this guy is really good. I'm going to believe the player and I'm going to believe the tape. So please do me a favor. Do those things. Look at the tape before you call a player a bum before you say this player ain't no good. And it's okay to criticize a coach if that coach is not doing their job. If your head coach is not making that player to be the best where he can be, if your coach is not developing his players right, it's okay to call him out. If your, if your coach is making mistakes, it's okay to call him out. Because you know what? He's calling you out. He might not do it on TV, on Instagram. He's not making it public, but behind closed doors, trust me, he is doing that. This has been the DS Walk Show. Thank you for listening to me. Love you guys. Be safe. Take the coronavirus serious. And please, wash your hands. I'm out.